This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at www.uctv.tv careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and grads in career transition bridge to better employment. So now it's my pleasure to introduce my colleague and co-worker, Andy Hall, who is the Chief Program Officer and Vice President of the Workforce Partnership. I was lucky enough to get to know Andy as I came into this field about five years ago into this uh, position, and then got lucky enough to hire Andy a little over two years ago, and he's really helped transform our agency and our work. He's a brilliant young man. We're the same age, but the CEO stuff really wears on you after a while. I know, right? And, but he's a, he's a wonderful colleague, great leader. He is, uh, he's a big reason why you're even here today, in order to dream up the idea and the name, and then to help organize and pull it all together. So my pleasure to introduce Andy Hall. One of the scariest things about throwing a gathering or a parting or a wedding or anything like this is you do all this work and you hope that people show up. Thanks for showing up, San Diego. You guys showed up today, so we appreciate that. Give, give yourselves a hand. So today's about stories, so a little story about why we are all here today. About exactly one year ago, April 13th, uh, I was privileged enough to be invited to Chicago um, from Ian Gordon, the director of the Youth Development Office. And I joined Ian Gordon, Maurice Lyles, Nancy Gannon Hornberger from say San Diego, uh, Omar Passons from our Workforce Development Board and the Brewers Guild, and Nate Howard from Movement B, who you just heard. And we went to Chicago uh, for the Aspen Institute Opportunity Youth Convening Experts, um, folks in the field who were talking about this work, funders, researchers, uh, my mind was blown, uh, my heart was filled. And on the very last day, a young man uh, grabbed the mic and he said, as you guys all go back to your cities, and you go on your planes and your trains and your buses, and you go back to cities, uh, let, me ch- let me leave with you something that my grandmother told me. She said, if the youth are not initiated into the village, they will burn it down just to feel its warmth. If the youth are not initiated into the village, they'll burn it down just to feel its warmth. And I, I heard that. The conference ended. I, I checked out. I grabbed my luggage. I grabbed a taxi. I went on the plane, uh, checked in through security, got in my window seat, exhausted, as I usually am after these conferences because I'm a bit of an introvert. And I sat in the plane. We took off, and the weight of that Ethiopian proverb started to sink in. And so I, so I had three hours from Chicago to San Diego, and I started thinking, what are we doing? What is the village of San Diego doing to initiate our youth? We're America's finest city, America's finest county by so many indicators, um, but what are we doing to initiate the young people in our village? And I started thinking about some of the programs that we fund and run. We fund and run programs to serve about 5,000 youth and young adults, 16 to 24 year olds. Um, and there's fantastic stories of people like young people like Malcolm, who came from the foster care system, uh, was disconnected, down and out, got connected with an organization that we partner with called Access, who does great work, connected them to a community college. There we go. Hands out for a 
connected them to uh, the community college system in Mesa College, connected this young man to a job because he, he didn't want to decide to put food on his table and go to school, so he also had to work, and he, was in, he got a job at an internship, and then he's, he's wearing a tie in this picture because at that job he was getting ready for an interview for a second better job as he's climbing the ladder, and the hope and the color and the pictures in that, that image are so powerful. I also started thinking about something we did here almost a year ago, uh, partnered with uh, an organization called Starbucks, if you've heard of them, and partnered with Rise San Diego, and we did a hiring fair here, um, uh, just right outside the door, and then we went over to Malcolm X Library, we did three hours of work readiness with these young people, about 75 young people, and then the Starbucks hiring managers um, talked to these young people and hired them on the spot. And before, we had so many young people, way more than we expected, that the hiring managers couldn't get uh, to them in time. And so a regional executive, his name was Scott from Starbucks, actually took the time, it was a Saturday afternoon, took about three hours to sit with these young people who were waiting to be interviewed by the Starbucks hiring manager, by his staff, and answering questions, really just riffing. And it was powerful. And this young woman, she stood up kind of shyly and she asked the question, and she said, the only other interview I've ever been at, the interviewer said, if you get hired, you're not going to be able to wear your headscarf. And so she said, and so my question is, what should I say if your staff, your hiring managers, tell me that? What should I say so I could have a better chance of getting a job? And Scott, the Starbucks regional executive, said, first... We at Starbucks will never ask you to not be who you are. That's what makes you powerful, and that's what we believe makes our company powerful. And then he said, the second thing is that if anyone ever asks you that again, you get up and you leave because they're not worth your time. That, that young lady, she... Thank you. Give it up. And so that young lady, she, uh, she, she interviewed... Um, she did really well. I saw her afterwards. I said, how she went? She had the biggest, most beautiful, empowering smile that I've ever seen. That's powerful. Those types of interactions, those programs change lives. But as I go home outside of work and I read the, the newspaper and I look at the news and I walk through the park um, in my neighborhood in Normal Heights, that's not the images that I see. Uh, there's a different story out there. And as I'm sitting on this airplane, I'm trying to reconcile some of these anecdotal success stories with the mathematical reality that is in our community. And the data at the time uh, was that there's 53,000 16 to 24-year-olds in San Diego County. 53,000 young people who are not in school and not working. We serve 5,000. That's about 10%. 10% is not a solution. 10% is not a solution. And definitions are important because this is a cross-sector work that we're all doing with young people and educators and nonprofits and government and philanthropy and businesses. And so definitions are really important. So when we say opportunity youth, we're talking about 16 to 24-year-olds who are not in school and not working. And for the first time, uh, if any of you have ever really felt something in your bones, that's what I felt like on that plane before I landed The first time I realized programs change lives, and programs are important. We all run programs. Uh, Not all of us, but many of us run programs, and those are important. We've got to keep doing that. But it's really systems, structures, and policies 
that transform communities. I felt that to my core on that plane ride home. And that was exactly one year ago today, and now we're here. And now we're here to flip the script. I realized we had to do more than run good programs. We had to have this conversation. We had to, and so one, one thing we do is we do studies, and we partner with some great organizations, USC, University of San Diego, and 2-in-1 San Diego, and, we, and also Measure of America, who's, who came up with that 53,000 number, and we said, that's good to understand the problem, the size of the problem, but that doesn't help us take actionable steps towards fixing it, so we've got to go deeper. And we did. The first thing we found uh, is that we're outpacing the, the country, which is not a bad thing, um, and we're, the, the arc is starting to bend post-recession. Finally, young people are starting to get into the tightening labor market, and the measure of America, 53,000, comes from a five-year rolling average from 2010 to 2014. That was the number at the time. We dug in the last year, and we found a progress is being made. The youth disconnection rate is 9.7%, and there's 43,000 using one-year estimates from 2015. 43,000 young people. That's our current number. That's, that's the benchmark now. We're bending the arc. So who are these young people? I think a really tempting storyline is that millennials don't like to work. I'm serious. When I talk about this, that comes up a lot. A lot of people just don't like to work. People need to understand the value of, of good work. So that's not the story that we found. We found that opportunity youth compared to all youth in, in San Diego uh, are more likely to be female, more likely to be slightly older, more likely to have dropped out of high school, more likely to be less likely to be even in the game, in the labor force. Women are more likely to have children. Pregnant and parenting women are more likely to be disconnected than not. Uh, and opportunity youth are less likely to have health insurance. And there's racial and ethnic disparities. Our young people of color are experiencing disconnection at significantly higher rates than all. We've got we to gotta, we gotta understand that. And 30% of youth with a disability are disconnected. This is not an image of a, 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 a young person in La Jolla wanting to play video games and surf. That's not who we're talking about. That's a dangerous narrative, and, and that's not what we found. The eight communities that are most disconnected are also some of our communities um, with the most poverty. The disconnection rate in, in the city of Vista and Fallbrook and Alpine uh, is almost twice the county average. That red line represents the county average at 9.7 2015. Lemon Grove, Spring Valley, East Escondido, El Cajon, Santee, Southeast San Diego, where we are now, Encanto, Skyline, Otay Mesa, West Chula Vista, National City. These are not young people who don't need to work. So what do we do? How do we unpack this? What are we here today to do? We, we broke down youth disconnection in three main drivers. One, there's a leaky pipe. 20% of these young people, these 42,000 young people, are high school dropouts. 51% of them have a high school diploma but never made the jump to post-secondary education. And 22% have some college. They were in and they fell out. And in today's 21st century economy, when, when the jobs that are growing and the jobs that are creating family-sustaining wages require a post-secondary degree, this is a problem. This is a problem for these young people. This is a problem for the communities they live in. And this is a problem for our economic development as a region. At the same time this is happening, businesses are coming to us every day saying we can't find enough talent. Problem one, one driver is a leaky pipe. 
Second driver is last in, first out. There's 15,000 young people who are actively looking for work. These young people are, um, and these young people are not in school either. These young people are submitting applications, going to job fairs, um, in interviews, and being told, no, thank you. Youth unemployment across the country is always about double the size, uh, the double the rate of the unemployment average. Um, youth are usually the last in, first out. We saw this in the last recession. They're the first ones to be, hired, to, to be let go in the, with the business cycle and the last ones to be hired now that the labor market is tightening back up. 15,000 people actively looking for work. But this last one is the one that gets me in the gut. There's 28,000 of those 43 that are not even in the game. They're not in school. They're not working. And they're not looking for work. They've been taken out of the game through incarceration, through a disability, through discouragement. They might not even have the table stakes to show up with childcare, transportation. Where the jobs are at is not where these young people live. And when it takes two buses, a mile walk, a trolley ride, and and another mile walk to get to work, How do you answer that question when an employer says, do you have reliable transportation? 28,000 young people are not even in the game, people. The other thing we did is we partnered with 211 San Diego, uh, and I want to shout out Nicole Lasky. Thank you very much for your help, 21 San Diego. And we used some of their data, and we looked at all the different categories that they have about their data, and they said... um, who serves youth? Where do they serve them? What do they do? Um, and here they are. This is all of us. This is a lot of us. These are our in-network providers for this population. You call 211 San Diego, you say you need mental health services and you're a young person. Um, some of these red dots represent that. We found almost 1,200 services offered by 826 locations in San Diego. And these range from housing support, employment and education support, uh, criminal history, uh, expungement, uh, transportation, education, employment. This is us. Whether these is enough, whether these are effective, whether these are accessible is a question and a conversation for another day. But these are programs that if we continue to knit together could start to become that stronger system that transform communities And so what do we do? What do we do? Step one today is about understanding, and you all have the bifolds that are in your reports, and the final research report has been released today that really dives deep into what I'm talking about now, but you have the bifolds. And one of the things that Measure of America, who's really the the leading uh, thinkers in this space nationally, they say local area solutions aren't coming from Washington or Sacramento. Local leaders local young people, local experts need to set goals and work towards them together. So that's what we've done. Goal one, we have two goals for us by 2022. Uh, You guys all good with that? Two goals by 2020, I should say, rather. Goal one is cut the rate. 9.7 is too high. We've got to keep bending the arc downwards. We can't wait for another recession to impact these young people and have this number go skyrocketing up high. We've got to cut the rate, and that requires us to reconnect or prevent from disconnection about 1,100 more young people over the next four-plus years than we're already doing now. Goal two, we've got to deal with this gap. We've got to have the gap. 
We've got to have the gap from the neighborhoods like this one with the highest rates of disconnection with the county average. Right now, that gap is about almost 9% between the county average and the highest neighborhood with disconnection, those neighborhoods I talked about earlier. By 2022, we're not successful if we cut the rate. We're, we're successful if we cut the rate and we half the gap between the highest and the average. No more than 4.4. That's, that's the big, hairy, audacious goal that we're putting on all of us now, which is going to take all of us. How do we get there? We've got to have young people in the center. It's no accident we started this conversation with young people. It's no accident that we've invited and worked with school districts and partners and other folks to get young people in the room at your tables to talk about this stuff when we do some action planning in the afternoon. And it's no accident we're ending with the stories of young people. The young lady who worked for us First job at Connected Career, she's a peer job coach. First paycheck I think she ever got, she, she got it in hand, it was a Friday, and I said, I'm uh, smiling, she's proud. And I said, hey, congrats, what are you going to do with the paycheck? Are you going to go to the mall? Are you going to go to the movies this weekend? She kind of tilted her head, and she said, I'm going to give it to my mom so she can help pay the rent. We're talking about disconnected youth. What about disconnected adults? 